Brave a moment with Brave a moment with Brave a moment with Brenny. Me? Brave a moment with Brave a moment with Brave a moment with Brenny. Why? Brave a moment with Brenny. Let's do it. You are now pressing play on Brave A Moment Podcast and pause on all the distractions that no longer serve you. Welcome to a feel-good exploratory lifestyle podcast where you come as you are and leave a little more as you truly are. Thank you for joining me, Brenny, on my journey to simply be and discover more about myself, others, and the world. For each episode, I invite an experienced guest to help me on my journey by introducing a moment for me to brave or embody for one week, incorporating specific steps, brave steps, while sharing their wisdom, experience, and connection to that topic. I am so happy that you are here listening. Let's get into it. Be brave. Welcome to Brave a Moment Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. Da-na-na-na-na. Tina, woohoo! Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Tina? My name is Tina. I'm 22 years old. I was born in the Philippines, uh, lived a couple different places. Now I'm here. I am a senior woo-hoo, at the University of Minnesota. I'm studying human resources and industrial relations at Carlson. I'm also minoring in business analytics. So outside of academics, I have three jobs. I'm a three-job shorty. Um, I work part-time at Lululemon. I'm an educator there. So if you ever want to go get educated. get educated about stretchy pants and workout clothes, come find me. I'm also working part-time at Ameriprise Financial. I work on the women's strategy there, so helping women get into finance. So if you want to get into finance, also hit me up. I'm trying to get you in there. And my last job is I'm a TA for a business communication class. I'm involved in some student groups too, the HR student group, and then quants, if you're into quant finance. I'm kind of like dipping my toes in a ton of different things, but but other than that, yeah, I'm a senior. I'm about to graduate. When I graduate, I'll just carry on with my role at Ameriprise Financial. So proud. Tina is a lot of other things. In addition to what she just mentioned, she's also extremely supportive, hilarious. Like I've never laughed <laughs> harder than I have with her. I'm almost like on the verge of peeing my pants. No, she literally crying. like cramps. Like yeah, like, tell her to stop being funny because it hurts too much because my body like convulses. Anyway, yeah, she's really funny. Granted, it may be. A coping mechanism. Oh, it definitely an is. An avoidance technique. It's an avoidance, a coping mechanism. That's me being... That's my only emotion. <laughs> no, it's not. it's not. But, uh, yeah, you can always count on her for a good laugh. She's also really kind and considerate, as you could have heard from her a little more professional bio. She is definitely an achiever. She is kind of a perfectionist she likes to do things really really well she puts 110 percent in everything that she does she's really knowledgeable and not just about school stuff but also just random pop culture what was it the other day you you said something about your window about the nightmare Ooh, oh my god i had what was that crazy. window called it's an egress window yeah, what, what is that it's like a window that is set up at a lower level so if it's like below ground level it's this called is an why egress. I'm flirty. <laughs> yes, I because they don't have that here. It was covered in snow, but yeah, we have an egress window, so in case you need to escape the basement for any reason, in case you need to get sacrificed by a cult. yeah, that was my nightmare. I was literally two separate cults were trying to sacrifice me to Satan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the kind of dreams. We'll I get have. into to today's topic in a second here, but yeah, she also loves Drake. Dinosaurs. Yes. She boxes. Loves seafood. She loves thrifting. She loves memes. Oh, my love language. Organization. Memes. Anyway, this isn't all really related to the, today's topic, but I think it is important just to know a little bit about who she is because that will contextualize a little bit of her story. Yeah, my and story. Why we're here today. So, how did we meet each other? Basically, how we met each other is at the time 
we were dating people that were brothers. We had been introduced to each other in the sense that you guys look exactly alike or you guys are really similar, all this other stuff. You can compare bullet journals. You can compare, literally, like, you can compare bullet journals and achievements and then compare yourselves in every sense. And then I saw her. So we became best friends immediately. Immediately, obviously. I slapped her with my bullet journal. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I saw her and I was like, wow, we kind of are looking kind of alike. And we weren't friends in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. we barely, I think we said like three words to each other the first time we met. Fast forward, maybe like a couple months later, maybe like a year later. And we finally like broke the barrier and became besties. Woohoo. Not with the people anymore. Mm-mm. Nope. No. Um, but we still have each other. Yeah, but we still have each other. So blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What was your first impression of me? I was already told a thousand times that we were, like, super alike and we looked alike. So after we had initially met, my first, like, when we really started hanging out, I was like, she's so easy to get along with. She's so supportive. Like, you just feel like you can talk to Brenny, like, when you're hanging out with her. I don't t- I don't talk about anything. Like, I don't have feelings. or I mean, I do. I don't show them. And I'm not very good at being vulnerable. But, like, one of the first times I hung out with Brenny, it was like, I'm going to tell her all these things, all these sad things, like all these emotional things. So she's really easy to just like be with and hang out with. Like you don't have to put on a front. It's really nice. It's really refreshing. That's how I describe it. That was kind of like my first impression. Super easygoing, super refreshing and like a go-getter and an achiever. And I saw a lot of like the similar qualities that I had in myself and her. It was really nice. We, We started, we just kind of like clicked right away. Can I tell you my first impression of you? Yeah. When I first met you, I wouldn't say that I am uptight, but I definitely like structure and rules. <laughs> and teen, I wouldn't say she is a rule breaker, but I would say that Tina's just really fun and lighthearted and goes with the flow and just says whatever she wants. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I loved that about her. And so, yeah, I don't know. My first impression was just that she seemed really nice and fun to be around. Do you think we would have met if it weren't for us dating brothers? Oh, no, no, no. We, like, don't have any paths that cross. Like, I don't know But the you is big but small. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. But I feel like you were doing like medical psychology, all these things, and I'm over stuck in like one room in West mm, Bank. True. Like I would have never. A unless, year apart too. In yeah. School. So. What you gonna brave today? So what we're braving today is sleep. I thought that sleep would be the perfect first episode to launch season one, not so basic, basic moments, because it's something that a lot of people don't give a lot of thought to. But speaking to people in my life, I've just learned that sleep is not something that everyone has the same relationship with. Sometimes people can really love their sleep schedule, their sleep routine, and others it can really impact their quality of life and i also think that sleep is a really fundamental aspect of operating in life you know like if you don't get enough sleep you feel it the next day Mm -hmm. anyway so our need for sleep definitely evolves over time the cdc recommends that newborn babies get 14 to 17 hours of sleep and teens should get 8 to 10 and adults around 7 to 9 and that 7 to 9 should theoretically be maybe really easy for us to get but there's a lot of things in society that might prevent us from being able to get that amount of sleep and that sometimes certain cultures don't really value sleep and sometimes it's the first thing to go if you're grinding or even if you're going through different life stages like being a parent they talk about how You are staying up all night trying to care for the baby, waking up every few hours to breastfeed or change a diaper or different things like that. And so same thing with what is the saying where it's like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. It's literally like in this society, they value like productivity over sleep. So it's like, I'll sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead. If you're not like working, you're being lazy. Basically, like if you're not being productive or providing anything like of value, and we don't do that when we sleep. Like, you're literally just a log there. So it doesn't, people don't value that. They're like, I need to work hard. I need to achieve. I need to do this. There's like not enough hours in the day. Honestly, like sleep, it, we'll get into it later, but it's so important. And I know, I know there's people out there that be sleeping like five hours and they're just miserable. So it's really important. And it's something that this society especially kind of overlooks. 
So I wanted to share a little bit about my relationship with sleep and why this is a topic that I, in particular, am interested in exploring more and learning from Tina about. I really struggle with sleeping. So many all-nighters. I don't do that anymore, but I just couldn't find enough time in the day for all of my jobs and all of the commitments that I had and studying for my classes and being there for my friends and family that I was just like, okay, I guess I'm just not going to sleep tonight. That's okay. And then I, I quote unquote feel fine the next day, aka I don't like immediately crash. And so I convinced myself that, oh, I don't need that much sleep. Maybe a lot of other people need sleep, but I particularly don't. And so now, flash forward to post-graduation where I don't have all of those stressors and pressure, I do think I've been getting more sleep. So I'm really proud of myself for that. But the thing I really struggle with is falling asleep. Can't relate. (laughs) Yeah. So I will lay there, stare at the ceiling, watch the clock, count to 100 a hundred times. Oh my God. Like I could not, like the littlest thing will disrupt my sleep even the little light on a laptop if it's charging that i can't this is why she sleeps with an eye mask i do wear an eye mask noise canceling headphones (laughs) the the works yeah the littlest things the room needs to be cold enough but i also need to have a ton of blankets and my toes my newest thing is my toes need to be covered so there's just a lot i sound very high maintenance right now but once i'm asleep i'm pretty good I won't wake up a ton of times during the night, but I do have a really hard time falling asleep. And then sometimes when I do fall asleep, I do have nightmares. I haven't had them as frequently, but those kind of make, that might be in my mind as I'm trying to fall asleep and that my mind subconsciously is scared Hmm. that if I fall asleep, I'm going to have another nightmare. Brenny, why did you want me on this episode? So I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I really struggle with falling asleep and that is something that Tina can really (laughs) teach me because... I I got a lot to... I can coach you. Many people are like, oh, I saw you sleeping the other day. So they'll be like, oh, Tina, I saw you sleeping outside of a student union or I saw you sleeping in the Carlson like atrium. And I'm like, oh, it's my brand. That's my brand. Sleeping in public places. And we kind of laugh about it now, but there did come a time where it became really serious. Sometimes when Tina, we would crash at each other's places, I would notice that Tina would snore and it kind of was something I would pick fun at for a little bit, but that is a sign of sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, she would fall asleep really fast in public. She would tell me stories about how she fell asleep on the bus, how she fell asleep in all these different places, not on purpose. And it was continuous. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. a one-time thing. And then she would take a lot of naps. She would nap for a really long time. It seemed like she could sleep I could forever. Forever. Like, unless I set an alarm, I'm not waking up. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to set an alarm every time I sleep or else who knows when I'm going to wake up. One of the things that really stood out to me is that Tina is a really good student and she cares about doing really well a lot. And so when she started telling me that she couldn't stay awake during classes... That became really concerning to me because she would try to fight like with all her will to stay awake, but she just couldn't do it. I'm over here like slapping my face like, oh, I'm going to just stand up really quick. Nope. I just still be sleeping. Meetings. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah. So then we started wondering or I started wondering. I know you. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is wrong with me? So I was and also I guess context my stepdad has a CPAP and he's gotten sleep tests before. And so I was thinking maybe Tina should get a sleep test. So I kind of brought it up to her and was like, maybe you should look into that more. Mm-hmm. So what did you do? Yeah, so I went to the doctor and I had let them know. I was like, look, I've been getting a lot of micro sleeps, which is like when you fall asleep for a couple seconds. And I explained kind of what was going on. And my doctor was like, how are you even driving? Like, you should not be driving. You should get a sleep test. So I got a sleep test ordered. I had to wear like this sleep watch for two weeks that tracks like when I'm asleep and when I'm awake. And then I had to go to a sleep center and stay there overnight. So they strapped a ton of wires to me. I had them literally all over my body. They had me sleep and then I had to stay there for the next day to take what's called a multiple sleep latency test. So every two hours they would tell me to nap. And then if I fall asleep in a certain amount of time and then they check my brain waves to see if I hit REM they were able to diagnose me. So 
After much anticipation, I figured out what was wrong with me and I have hypersomnia. So why do you think you got hypersomnia? There's a ton of different reasons. This is genetic, environmental, just like random. But I, in in my non-scientific theory here, I think it's because I used to be like Brenny. Like I never slept in high school. It was no sleep, wake up, go to school, go work out or go to a sport, go to work do my homework and obviously overstudy, overcompensate. And then I would sleep like four hours, like four or five hours every night. And then I'd start like falling asleep in class, like in calc, I'm asleep. In biology, I'm asleep. So like it started getting worse. And then throughout high school, like I was really tired too, but then college, and that's usually when like symptoms really start to show for hypersomnia, it got so bad. Like, like I the age range, it yeah, starts showing It starts showing around your, in your 20s. So it started getting so bad and I was like, what? I just cannot stay awake anymore. So I think, and I mean, there's also a lot of other factors like mental health, like emotional health. Like my dad has a sleeping disorder, so I'm probably already more prone to it. But I think that a big reason is because I was so, I didn't have a sleep hygiene. I like didn't have sleep hygiene. I didn't have a routine and I think it's catching up to me now. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's out. something called sleep debt which contributes to a greater tendency to fall asleep during the daytime. And these lapses may cause like falls or mistakes or did you ever notice that that you may well one thing I did notice is your memory. Oh my god. Sometimes you'll just forget things. If you know me personally you know that I literally like the smallest I won't remember so many things like I'll forget like that Brittany and I did something or I'll forget like a ton of things at home and or I'll just like forget like oh my god I had this today but mostly it's just like Brittany will be like when we hung out last week I'm like when did we hang out last week she's like when we went to this movie I'm like what movie is this you know things like that so yeah the memory part is like a huge one mm-hmm. and because when you're sleeping that's when your brain is most active people always think oh i need to turn my brain off so i can go to sleep but mm-hmm. that's actually when your brain is most active and it's there's this thing called memory consolidation mm-hmm. and so your memories are transferring from short-term to long-term memory and maybe that shows up for tina when that process doesn't happen uh, as well i swear i suffer from can't remember shit syndrome or something <laughs> in addition to hypersomnia yeah it's a side effect it is a side effect so last year tina actually talked about hypersomnia in front of an entire classroom in her business communications class she had to give a speech explaining something about herself Mm -hmm. and she shared it with me and practiced it with me and I loved it and I really want more people to hear it so here it is all right here I go me sleeping beauty sleepy the dwarf and Snorlax the Pokemon all walk into a bar what is it that we all have in common the answer is we all have hypersomnia My name is Martina Lagman, and this is how the sleeping disorder hypersomnia changed my life. So what is hypersomnia? If you break it into Latin root words, hyper means over and somnia means sleep. So basically, I'm just really, really tired all the time. If my brain isn't stimulated, I'll get what's called a sleep attack. So my head will start to bob, my eyes might flutter closed, and I might actually fall asleep anywhere from a couple seconds to a couple minutes. Also, if I'm in a situation that encourages sleepiness, I will fall asleep. So think of a really warm room, a really comfy chair, a super boring lecture, or some homework that I don't want to do. I will fall asleep. Last semester is when I realized that something was really wrong. I couldn't go a full day without falling asleep, as in like I couldn't go a full day without napping. So I went and got a sleep test done, and I got diagnosed with hypersomnia. So what does that mean for me? It means that socially I might not have enough energy to go out. I might sleep through plans. I also might not be 100% present during hangouts as I'll be really drowsy or I'll just not 100% be there. It's also affected a lot of the relationships in my life because a lot of people don't understand what hypersomnia is and how it affects me. But luckily I've had a really great support system and I found people that really care and are interested in it. Academically, it means that teachers might look at me a little bit differently. They might think that I'm really lazy or unmotivated because I'm sleeping in class, so that could affect my participation grade for sure. And also classmates might think, there she is again, the sleepy girl falling asleep in class. Like, that's so weird. Lastly, professionally, it could definitely um, affect me. So I might fall asleep during meetings, and by might, it means I actually have fallen asleep during a meeting at work. 
Um, I had no excuse. I kind of stood there in embarrassment when I had gotten called out for it. I didn't know that I had hypersomnia at the time, so I just was kind of like, what's wrong with me? So how do I cope and what does the future look like? The downside is there's no cure. It's chronic and it could progressively get worse, but there is medication, thankfully. That medication is mostly symptom management, though. I want to be present in people's lives and enjoy the moments that I am awake and aware, so I will continue to be proactive about managing the disorder, and I will also continue to keep myself busy and surround myself by, with people that understand. Hypersomnia is a small roadblock in my life, but I don't let disorders define me. I'm not lazy. I'm just a little bit more sleepy than the normal person. I kind of think of it more as a superpower. I can do anything that a normal person does, but I can do it in my sleep. We love you, <laughs> Tina. Thank you for sharing. Another reason why sleep is really important is because of these statistics that I'm going to share right now. But I want Tina to guess. So what fraction or percentage of our lives do you think we spend sleeping? A percentage? I'd have to guess like maybe like like 30%. That seems kind of high. Maybe between 30 to 40. That's my final answer. Okay. Well, you're you're... You're correct oh. because it's one third. So yeah, okay, so like in between thirty. Which, how many hours do you think that is for someone's average life? Well, for the normal human being, I mean, shit, I don't know. Just guess. How many hours total in your entire life? Like, in the hundreds of thousands? I don't know. Is that really off? No, two hundred and twenty nine thousand nine hundred and sixty one hours. Okay, so like almost like three hundred thousand, right? I mean, it's closer to two hundred thousand, but yeah. Wow. (laughs) For me, maybe it's like four hundred thousand. Next question: How long do you think we spend trying to go to sleep? Well, again, for me, zero. Um, For other people, I would say like probably like three years. What (laughs) trying to sleep? Seven. Seven entire years. For me, of maybe life. 14. For some people, 14. Seven whole years. Damn. Bam. As I was doing research for this, I was kind of surprised. I was Googling the importance of sleep, and there is one article that said you shouldn't skimp on sleep because it will make you fat. See, if you want to be slim thick, not like me, but in general... You better sleep. No, but that's the messaging that was, like, kind of confusing to me and just didn't feel... It just felt like there's so much body shaming, even Mm -hmm. with sleep. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it may cause weight gain, which affects the way that our bodies... So I think it's more important to say that, yeah, like, not getting enough sleep might influence how you process and store carbohydrates and your levels of hormones that influence your appetite. But I don't think it should be like, oh... You're, you're not sleeping enough. You're yeah. going to get fat. Which is kind of like contradictory to what some people say that yeah. like, oh, people who are overweight sleep more than people who don't. But I don't, I think that's false. I don't yeah. think that's true. So I, I just wanted to share that because. There's a huge, it's like we need to change the stigma around sleep. It's mostly like do it because, oh, these, you should do it because it, feel, it feels good. And your it, body it needs help, it. Your body needs it. It shouldn't be like whatever reason you're going to be fat. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. It should be sleep because you should and do you want to share some of the things that it's been linked to good sleep better sleep has been linked to better concentration productivity cognition lower weight gain risk better calorie regulation greater athletic performance lower risk of heart disease more social and emotional intelligence preventing depression lower inflammation stronger immune system all these other things and you need sleep the list is just endless Do the damn thing. So for each episode when I invite a guest to be on this show, I also ask them to give me three brave steps to embody or interact with for seven days. So what did you have me do for one week? All right. So the first brave step was no electronics or screens 30 minutes after waking up. So I chose this one because I feel like the first thing that everyone looks for right when they wake up is their phone. Like they want to check Twitter, Instagram, see who texted them, check their emails or whatever. And I feel like that really sets the tone for your day. Like 
if you're constantly waiting for like a notification and you're doing that right as you wake up and even I do this so I wanted to see if it was something that Brenny could do and maybe other people could try so for me personally that's something that's super tough to just like make your morning about you rather than like your notifications the second step was no electronics or screens 30 minutes before going to sleep I think that this is a crucial thing on, on why people can stay up for hours is because they get caught in the loop of going on Twitter, going on Instagram, going on social media, again, like texting or calling. So it would be really important. And I've seen a lot of studies of like no screens after 10 p.m. is supposed to be really helpful or just no screens because, of course, there's the harsh like blue light that can keep you awake. So I wanted to test Brenny because I know I personally know that right before she sleeps, she goes to like all these to-do lists. She's like, I need to do this. I need to do this. I'm going to check my calendar. I'm going to update this. I'm going to make notes, write about this, write about that. So I wanted to challenge her to make, again, an intention for the like right before she sleeps for herself, like not for her notifications, not for other people. Make it so that she can kind of set the tone for how she's going to sleep. The last step is get eight hours of sleep every single night. I swear I challenge everyone to do this because everyone hears the statistics like you should be getting eight hours every night eight hours every night and it's really hard like even for someone with hypersomnia like i still sometimes if i have a really busy week find it hard to like get time to sleep in but i can feel the difference so i know brenny the busy bee overproductive always doing things she's like rolling her eyes at me but this is literally like probably in my opinion this was going to be like the hardest one for hers because she has so many things that she wants to do so i really challenged her to get the full eight hours and see how she feels after that. Diving deeper. So Brenny, how did you approach step one? So for step one, not reaching for my phone. Mm. The second I woke up in the morning, I realized I wanted to be more thoughtful about my morning and also evening routines i didn't realize how automatic it was even getting ready for the day Mm. i would be on my phone looking at my calendar while i'm brushing my teeth or responding to a message that i didn't see the previous night or looking at my email different things like that i didn't realize how automatic i had to actively think about that intention and say no like don't i put it i wrote a sticky note on my mirror Mm. that said no phone that's good and so just as a reminder and then i also have an apple watch so I only used it as if it was a real, like a normal watch. Like just to tell the time. Yeah, so I just looked at the time and Smart. I didn't use any other things for that. I put it on do not disturb. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't too difficult for me for the 30-minute mark, though, because just getting ready, packing my lunch, traveling to work, I wasn't – like 30 minutes can pass pretty quickly without me yeah. being on my phone. But then I did realize I used my phone to listen to musics and podcasts. So I tried not to do that within the 30 minutes yeah, of waking up. Okay. But most of the time, by the time I got in the car, that 30 minutes has passed. Mm-hmm. So then I would pull it up on my phone. Yeah, you're out here like screaming Lizzo music. Or Just on my own, yeah. being my own music. No, Acoustic. But the, the silence was nice in the morning. And I found that I was on my phone less during the day if I didn't start my day on it so it was easier for me to get out of bed because sometimes I linger in bed being on my phone doing other things so if I just get up right away don't look at my phone I find it easier to do that but sometimes I do get a little anxiety wondering like if I miss something important Mm -hmm. and one of like my stepdad was recently in a biking accident and it was in the morning when my mom called me so I just get worried about that. But when I had it on Do Not Disturb, I made it so my favorites would be able to call me. Mm. So that helped ease my mind a little bit. That yeah, it's like little they steps just that... call me. But I don't have to be on my phone. Like mm-hmm. my phone mm-hmm. will ring. You know, I don't need to be on it. Yeah. So that was step one. But step two was definitely more difficult mm-hmm. for me I because I am a night owl. I love, I feel like once the clock strikes like 11, I am so productive. (laughs) I just get so much energy. I want to work out. I want to go for a run. I want to type 
my heart away. I have all these ideas. I feel like my brain just starts to get really active. So that's really difficult for me. But what I did to combat that was I wrote down things that I could do instead of being on my phone before I go to sleep. Okay. So things like practice the piano, read a book, study yoga because I'm in yoga school, stretch even, clean and organize my room, do some self-care, face mask, journal. So I definitely did do that for a while and I'm would make it clear like okay i'm not going to be on my phone anymore i can respond to them tomorrow so yeah so you mentioned that the step was a little bit more difficult why is that i think another thing is that it because it takes me so long to fall asleep i want to distract myself Mm. and like do other things and also sometimes it's the prime time to communicate with other people because my friends have jobs they have school so we don't text that much during the day one of my best friends disney lives in california so it's a little later here Mm. than it is where Mm. she is so sometimes when i'm in bed at 12 it'll only be like 10 for her Mm -hmm. and she's winding down and she's able to talk to me and i will sacrifice my sleep to talk to her like normally i'll just be like okay i'll stay up later than i was anticipating because i really value our friendship and want to connect with you but even when I did do this step, I think I did end up going to bed later, but I still was okay because I wasn't on my phone three minutes before falling asleep. Yeah. And do you then, feel like it helped you sleep better? Like, do you feel like when you weren't on your phone 30 minutes before you slept, like, you had more peaceful rest? Or, like, what was your bodily reaction? Potentially. I think I got a little obsessed with not being on my phone so mm. then my body just like, can't do it you can't do you it can't, yeah. so that was kind of weird for me to experience but I do think that not being constantly stimulated by things on your phone mm-hmm. did help a little bit with re- like relaxing my body but there was a time when I reflected on this challenge so I took a little audio diary of this so I'm going to play it for you I definitely appreciate this step about not using your phone before you go to sleep because not only does it stimulate your your brain with the screen light, even if you have it on night mode or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But when it's late at night and you're going to sleep in your bed alone, sometimes you get lonely and then you, as in me, I crave connection and i'll go on social media i'll scroll i'll watch people's stories and it'll create this like pseudo connection where i feel like i'm connecting with someone and it's tricking my brain into thinking that hey you're not alone this person's here in the world too and they're doing things living their life and so that should make you feel comfortable i guess but then it hits you either while you're still scrolling or after you close the app that way hey actually i am alone i'm sad it's just kind of a struggle it's okay like i don't need to be on my phone at night even if my phone is away i somehow find a way to not go to sleep until at least midnight even if i'm in bed ready to go hours before that so i don't know what it is my circadian rhythm something about my body just i think you made some really good points in your reflection like even for me i find that going to bed it kind of forces me to like think about every single mistake on the planet of earth that i've made and also like things that are just going on in my life or just like thoughts that i don't want to confront during the day i'm like forced to think about them so something i do a lot is like i have like netflix constantly running or like what i'll do if i'm like feeling sad at night i'll like run to twitter because i feel like i or just i feel like i want someone to be experiencing the same things as me like i don't want to feel alone and i want to be like it's normal that i'm like this sad right before i go to bed so like favorite all the sad tweets or like like look at funny memes so I'm like fake feeling better again or until I just like fall asleep so I think that um it's really important to make like that nighttime routine more about yourself like it kind of forces you to confront a lot of things that you maybe didn't want to think about during the day because if you're like me and Brenny we like to distract ourselves by like being busy and just doing other things so by the time we get to um our nighttime routine it's like okay shit let me think about the thing that I was trying not to think about before. So I think it's really important like that you forced yourself to not be on your phone and maybe it brought up a lot of things that you 
of were avoiding thinking about or you didn't want to think about before, but now that you were like forced to not be on your phone before you sleep, it's probably really scary and you had to confront like all those feelings and emotions. But at the same time, it's like you you did it. Like you got over you you thought about it, you had to think about it, and then you got over it. You like you literally like slept on it. So I think that's really important. You had a great points in there. Yeah, I was really frustrated in that clip trying to go to sleep and not go to my phone for comfort. How did step three go for you? How did you approach it? So I definitely was mindful of when I needed to get up the next morning to make sure that I would have enough time to fall asleep and then get the sleep that I needed. As I mentioned before, I do really struggle with being able to get that eight hours of sleep. Most of the time on the weekends is when I feel like oh, I'm going to quote unquote catch up on my sleep, which we know you can't really do, but I just do it anyway. Um, but I did want to show, I'm going to show Tina my sleep tracker mm. and show her that. Show look me at the this. Proof, baby. I, we started on this day and I got nine hours. And 10 hours almost Ooh. 10 hours on the weekend and then see look 833 all right listeners she's telling the truth 830 y'all right after the challenge ended guess how many hours this bitch got six hours and 55 minutes and it's orange and instead it's orange. of green anyway i'm proud of you from going to never sleep, I know your busy ass was like, oh, here I go. I, I was obsessing over, hours. I need to get the eight hours. No, honestly, so wearing silly. a sleep tracker is like forcing me to be on my shit with sleep. I'm like, I feel like disappointed. I like let my Apple watch down. I'm like, I'm so sorry I didn't sleep as much as he wanted me to. Yeah, there was, I am proud of myself, but there was another night when I was really, really struggling to sleep. And I want to show you that. So it is 12.45 in the morning and here we are again. Last night I really struggled with sleeping. I was in bed at probably 10.30 and I had my glasses on, I had my phone away, I turned my alarm on and I was reading Brene Brown. I was reading my book and I was thinking, you know, I'm going to fall asleep in 30 minutes, it'll be great. And then I put my book away and I'm staring at the clock, just watching each minute pass, getting further and further away from my eight hour a night goal. And it's just so stupid. And it's really, really frustrating that I can't even go to sleep when I want to. But my brain literally will not let me. It's like my body doesn't think I deserve it. And that's why sometimes I have these moments where I just like knock out and I have no idea why it's like at a random time. And it's because my body is like, hey, we're forcing you to sleep. You're sleeping now. But then that messes up the rest of my sleep schedule for the rest of the day and the week. So thanks, body. It's freaking rude. Anyway, I am just recording this because sleep should be something that I don't even have to think about. I should be able to get into bed and knock out but that has not been the case lately and then it becomes this whole thing it snowballs into okay so because i'm not falling asleep at night does that mean i'm not waking up early enough does that mean i'm not productive enough i'm not active enough because i do notice that when i do work out and i treat my body right and i allow myself to relax i do have an, have an easier time falling asleep so then i start to judge myself and i'm like well this is why you don't get to sleep because you didn't do enough during the day i go to sleep feeling really horrible about myself wake up feeling really horrible about myself i get these headaches so it's a really terrible vicious cycle i was about to say wonderful in a very sarcastic way but i'm trying to use more precise language for how i'm actually feeling instead of just covering it up with funny little oh <laughs> it's not that bad like no i feel horrible right now and i know it's temporary and i know that i won't feel like this forever and that's great but right now i just really want to go to sleep and I feel like this is a punishment for something so yeah hearing that i feel like it probably resonates with a lot of people 
I think that a common trend is people will like look at the clock and be like, okay, if I fall asleep right now, I'm going to get seven hours, 53 minutes and 43 seconds. So like it makes it even worse because you're so worried about sleeping on time. Like this happens even to me where I'm like, I want to get eight hours of sleep. I need to do it right now. And then by the time I'm in bed, I'm like, shit, I'm not getting enough sleep. Like I'm going to be tired tomorrow. And then it's just like, I feel like people think that there's like a certain routine you're supposed to follow. And honestly, what I can say is like, listen to your body. Like if you're tired, your body is literally trying to tell you something. Like people try to fight that all the time. They're like, oh, it's fine. Like I'm just, no, your body is tired. Like your body wants sleep. And it's not even like you're you're tired or you're lazy or whatever. Like you're just not motivated. Like your body wants you to feel better. Like it's trying to regenerate, go, go to homeostatic equilibrium, whatever. Oh, fancy word. Um, but I think especially for you, like, Sleep is such, you've had such a weird relationship with sleep so that like when you're forcing yourself to sleep eight hours, which is something that's really difficult for you, when you can't do that, you keep trying to achieve or like be perfect at it or be really good at it. There's no perfect way to sleep. Like there's no, there's no person out there that has the label like best sleeper, most perfect sleep schedule. Like that, that doesn't exist. Like whatever works for your body and your schedule and like your, your like state of being should be enough. So I think that people probably resonate a lot. Like they think that their sleep schedule is off because of ABC reasons. I think it just needs to be more, you need to look at it more from like a, my body's tired, I'm gonna let it sleep. Like it's not even, I'm doing too much during the day, I'm doing too little, I'm not caring for myself. Like just look at it at a sense of like, I, I wanna sleep, therefore I'm gonna sleep. So it was probably really difficult for you, but proud of you for like confronting that. Some people are like, I, I'm never gonna sleep again or all this. I'm never gonna do this. I'm never gonna oversleep. Like I feel so lazy if I sleep in. Like I've had such a weird relationship with sleep where I'm like, I wanna wake up at a certain time and I'm gonna do all this. So this past winter break, I've been challenging myself to just sleep. Like no alarms, no anything. I have barely done shit over break, but don't do anything, just let yourself be. And I feel so much better. Like my energy level is there, I'm happier. Like I feel like I can do more during the day even if I wake up a little bit later. I just feel so much more energetic. So like I challenge you after this to just keep trying to like listen to your body. And even on the weekends, like if you have the chance to just let yourself sleep, just do it. Like don't set any alarms, just, and I promise you once you catch up, you're gonna feel way better. Mm -hmm. You can't really catch up. I mean, you can't catch up. The the debt just always collects, (laughs) never goes away, but you'll feel better. Right, yeah, I can, it's funny to me that I can even make my sleep about my productivity and about worthiness of, oh, do I deserve to be able to go to sleep? I always thought that sleep was a luxury that I just didn't That's what have. everyone thinks, that sleep is like a luxury that you can only have if you've worked hard enough or you've done enough for the day or you, you know, it's not a, it's a necessity. Like you, if you do not sleep, you will die. Like this is a proven fact. So I think looking at it as a luxury is really dangerous to like your health and even just like the, the time that you get to sleep should be something that you make about like, yes, I love sleeping. Like I get to do this. Not even that it's a luxury. It's like looking at it in the sense like it's something that you're just like, what's the word? You're just you're just doing you're doing it. Like don't look at it as a something that's like I'm only going to sleep if I get this many things done or if I do really well in this presentation, like make it kind of like a habit. I don't know, like kind of like a mindless habit, like once it gets to however whatever o'clock you're like cool i'm gonna go sleep now like the worries of the day that's for tomorrow or that's when i wake up so kind of making it more about like just how can i make it something for you that you will understand hmm that's my challenge putting it in brenny terms maybe if i maybe if i literally force you to like every week send me your sleep tracker that might work i'll be like hmm, i'm gonna be your sleep therapist maybe that's the trick so tina what about you how has your sleep been lately and how's your relationship with sleep i my relationship with sleep has definitely gotten a lot better like like i mentioned earlier in high school i like was never sleeping i was just trying to be productive all the time and then when i got my diagnosis with hypersomnia i was like oh my god i need to sleep more and more and i felt so bad about just like sleeping like i felt bad about canceling plans to nap or just like napping in general and I've started to change like my mindset because 
how I feel like after I take a nap or when I take a long sleep is is a lot different than when I like don't sleep at all. So I've started to accept more that sleep is just like something about me that I need to like really care about. Like for some people, it's something that they just kind of like overlook, like like we mentioned earlier, it's the first thing to go. Whereas for me, I really prioritize that. And I think, like I said, my this winter break, I've really been focusing on just like letting myself sleep. And I've seen a lot of benefits with that. Like I just feel so much better. So my relationship with sleep is definitely like ever evolving because let's say I get more tired in the future or like I just need more sleep like I'll have to I still want to be a human being like I don't want to just be like a sack a cocoon of like in blankets my whole life like I'll continue to update that but I think for me personally I'm starting to understand more that like sleep is really like integral to who I am or like how I function so I'm definitely making that more of a priority um something that I've been thinking about or like my sleep doctor had said is the possibility of it turning into like narcolepsy because I mentioned that I have sleep paralysis a lot and for those of you that don't know what it is you can look it up it's like terrifying you can't move your entire body and for some people they hallucinate and me like I hallucinate like every single time so I'll see like figures in my room or whatever so I talked to my sleep doctor about that and he had mentioned oh like keep track of that and like keep discussing keep discussing that with me because usually sleep paralysis is something that's like associated with narcolepsy. So who knows? Maybe in the future. And your dad has narcolepsy, right? No, he has sleep sleep apnea. apnea. Okay. So there's like a ton, there's a ton of different ones, but the narcolepsy one would change probably a lot of things because it's more like sleep attacks. Like there's, there's a few, there's a lot of differences between hypersomnia and narcolepsy, but that's definitely where my relationship is at. So I'm continuing to just like monitor my sleep and make sure I'm listening to my body. Like I've been taking multiple naps per day as my schedule permits and that feels really good for me. So I'm going to continue to like listen to my body. And I think that's what everyone should do. Mm-hmm. And before you started getting guidance from your sleep doctor, did anyone teach you about sleep? No, I mean, literally the only thing you learn about it is in like that health class where you're like, you should be getting eight to 10 hours per night. And that's really all they say. Like they don't say like, you should have a nighttime routine, you should make your room this temperature because it's proven that like colder temperatures you can fall asleep better in and like the amount of blankets, whatever. I was never- Sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene. Like I was never, no, I feel like no one's ever really taught that. Like people kind of just figure out what they want to do on their own. So I encourage people to kind of like look into sleep hygiene. I know there's like, don't go on your phone after a certain time, keep your room at a certain temperature, like minimize the distractions all those things so even smells like people have lavender sprays mm-hmm. to condition their body like, I have oh when that. i smell this mm-hmm. you're preparing your body for sleep mm-hmm. like really try to make a routine like i love my routines my skincare routine whatever my bullet journaling routine i've kind of started to make like a sleep routine for myself so that includes like multiple different things but you can't really like again it's not something that you're supposed to like perfect like I'm the perfect nighttime sleeper so figure out like a routine that works for you but really look into like what sleep hygiene is so each episode after sharing how I approached the week of their three brave steps the guest will rate my bravery on a scale of one to ten and explain why they gave me this score drum roll please I'm giving Brenny this is very specific 8.25 okay okay explain please okay because i think it's uh, the most important thing is you force yourself to get eight hours which is great because that was like i know brenny is gonna like struggle with this um and i feel like you were able to get that but i still think that your like attitude around sleep is still very focused on like it's just something that i need to do like i'm just gonna get these eight hours it's on the checklist yeah it's on the checklist it's on my to-do list it's just something that you could like cross off. Whereas obviously you can't learn this in like a week, but I think that for you specifically, your attitude should be about like, I need to listen to my body. I'm gonna use this time to like regenerate, relax, like memory consolidation, like just let myself exist. I'm gonna dream about whatever I want. I'm gonna think about whatever I want. So that's really what like the relaxation or like nighttime routine should be. I mean, you've already been pretty good about like your morning and nighttime routine. Like you shut off your phone, you put on your headphones like before you go to bed. So I knew that like the no screens thing was going to be a little bit, not like easy, but something that you would catch on pretty quickly with, which you did. And I think it's great that like you found a way for it to work for you, like using your Apple Watch only as a watch, like in the morning, like just 
being in like silence, which is really great. So those things you were really brave with and you were able to reflect like, I don't like confronting my thoughts like right before I sleep. So that's really brave of you to do that. I just think the reason it's not 10 yet is because you're still looking at sleep as just something that you need to check off rather than like something that you need to be in a relationship with and like evolving much like whatever other like with yoga school like you really like developed it used to be something that you just do and now you're like really developing and like learning more about it so hopefully after all these steps and your reflections you can look at sleep more as like a way for you to kind of like this is so cliche like disconnect like literally disconnect and like disconnect yourself from all the things that you think you should be doing like right before bed all these things i have all these things to do and in the morning i have all these things but really look at it as a way to like separate yourself from the brenny that you think you should be well thank you i will take an 8.25 for sleep i don't have any rebuttals okay that's a fair score it is i I feel like you were you were really brave you did all the things really easily because you caught on really quickly but more so i feel like you did it from a place of like you wanted it to get you wanted to get it done and i was also very distressed still doing it as you heard in those clips yeah and it's something that you were trying to i mean your whole podcast is about like just just being so yeah sweet you are not alone This is a reminder that you are not alone. I do really want the listeners of this podcast to feel like there is a community for them. And I did this by adding a feature to my website where you can sign up for email reminders at the bottom of the page and also submit any feedback that you have For me, you can anonymously submit a note. If you share your name, it might be mentioned in the season one recap episode. Let us know if you've struggled with sleep, if you're really proud of your sleep habits, if you've ever gotten a sleep test, if you struggle with staying off screens when you're in bed, do you think society doesn't value sleep enough? Let us know your thoughts. There's also a forum and a Facebook page where you can communicate with other people who listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh so, my god, it's recording. <laughs> Tina will be announcing the topic of the next episode. We're roll. Gratitude. Woo! Thank you so much for listening to the first full episode of Brave a Moment Podcast. I have so much gratitude for Tina for being on today's episode. Thank you, Brenny, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Be sure to follow this podcast on whatever streaming service you're using to listen to it or bookmark my website, www.bravemomentpodcast.com to listen directly from there. I will also post a blog and resource page, including anything mentioned in this episode, including the three brave steps for you to try out for yourself. All of this will be on the website. If you're not already doing so, be sure to follow at Brave a Moment Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I post something new every week. Thank you for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye. Not here. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to Tina's ingrown. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Wait, I didn't even add the transition. <laughs> I'm keeping that in though. Woohoo!